Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sap and Chance. Vince McMahon is back. The WWE is for sale. All as predicted and, on Sap and Chance over many, many podcasts. All this and much, much more as we get into the show. I am Bobby Sampson and I am joined with the man, with the master plan, Mr. Chance Michaels. Chance, uh, yeah, here we go, bro. Um, it all kind of started coming out at about 7 p.m. Pacific last night that WWE was sold to to a financial holding group in Saudi Arabia. And uh, since then, things have quietened down a bit, but it looks like uh, things are going fast, man. Good for Vince. He built it. It's his brand. Sell it. Make as much money as you can. Highest bidder. The people that don't like him selling to the Saudis, they can walk out if they want to walk out. It's his business, right? They don't like it. They, some people say they'll walk out and go to AEW. I know that sounds harsh for me to say, but like the man built, built it. He's, he's right. It's not Stephanie's. It's not Triple H. They don't deserve it. McMahon deserves every penny that he gets from it. So highest bidder wins. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I have to no complain problem. about Saudi Arabia. These same people are buying stuff from China, you know. So it, it's it's selective outrage, you know. Uh, it's, uh, Saudi hasn't bought it yet, though, so we don't know if it's even going to be there. No, no, nothing's official yet. I mean, all we know is that they filed with the ACC. Today. Um, everything is kind of that way. Even if they were to sell, um, there's so much legalities around it in terms of stockholders, shareholders, this and that. It, it's so complex. It, it's it's. It'll take a little bit, but it's it's on its way yeah. to getting done pretty quick. No, no, something's gonna happen. I mean, for myself personally, I mean, yeah, you're right. You know, we buy things from China. I mean, ninety percent of everything we yeah microphone, my computer, your computer. I mean, it's absolutely yeah. They're all made there, and I get that. I I just feel like from from a product standpoint and what what it would look like with the Saudis owning it. I don't know. I just I think I from think that perspective, if, let's just say if they buy it, we don't know if they will. Let's say they buy it. I think what they'll do is they'll leave the people in place, kind of like when the Fertitta brothers sold UFC to left Dana White in place. I don't think they're going to touch anything. They're going to let Triple H and Con run it for a bit. They don't like them and they can move them, but I don't think they're going to rock the ball like people think they are. They're not stupid. No, they're not stupid that way. And again, there have been reports of talent saying that if they are sold to the Saudis, they'll walk out and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. By the you same know, talent that says that performs on the Crown Jewel card. So it's all fake outrage. Well, it's kind of interesting because some of the – I'll correct you on that. Some of the talent that have spoken out are talents that won't go over to Saudi Arabia for the shows. So, like who? Ali? Uh, well, Mustafa can't. Well, MVP can't go because of the they, fact that he renounces. They don't need MVP, right? And uh, nobody no, no, has no, importance. No, no, I'm not talking right? about it that way. I'm just saying, just generally, yeah, like, few, doesn't yeah. go, right? Like, I mean, I, you know what? At the end of the day, I thought about this long and hard last night. And I'm I'm of the school of thought that the WWE is just one entity of wrestling. Wrestling as a whole will never die. No, but so, WWE is so, NFL, right? Without them, yeah, but you, they, you know what? Okay, I, I get that. But I mean, if, if Vince decides to destroy the WWE, you know, he's I'm not destroying it, he's selling it. No, I get it. If he's selling it, but I mean, in, in the essence of, you know, who he sells to, what they decide to do with it, if they decide to break it up. We don't know any of these things. We don't know what's going to happen yeah. to the WWE that we know, right? Everything, I don't think much will change. Just like no, people no, got I, scared when the Peter Brothers sold UFC, right, nothing right, changed. Right. Much, right? May not, much may not change, but there might be some changes. It all depends on who you're be. selling yeah. to, right? If you're selling yeah. to the Saudis based on the way they operate and their culture and whatnot, 
you know, how much of that would be, I'm just hypothetically well, saying, how much of that kind of culture would be brought into to the WWE? To, but you never zero know. All I'm saying is... Because Saudi, all... the Saudi guys, they own Live Golf. They stole a lot of the guys from the PGA Tour. Live Golf is the number one tournament right now. It's even more better golfers in the PGA circuit, and they own that. No, so when they I, don't touch I, it, they let them play, they stay back. They let no. the people in place run it, they just put the money in. So I wouldn't worry about that at all. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm just uh, like looking at it from just all for different an example angles, of what they do. right? Right. So, I mean, anything can happen here. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of at, uh, I'm not going to doubt McMahon because, I mean, everyone doubted him when he decided to do WrestleMania. Everyone yeah, doubted exactly. him when he decided to make this big move. Everyone doubted him when he wanted to yeah. move away from pay-per-views and, and create his own network, which he did, and it's been successful. And if you look at majority oh, yeah. of the platforms that are out there now, they all came after the WWE. You know, like, uh, yeah, there streaming, was Netflix, yeah. you know, streaming and everything like that. Um, so, I mean, what he's done is revolutionary. All the stuff that he's done, you know, I'm not going to complain about it. I'm Absolutely. Not, I, and I have no complaints. The greatest promoter of all time. Well, you know, absolutely. I can agree with that. Um, but and it's, In wrestling, it's not even close. Nobody could even carry his bags there. You know, I'll say this. The only thing I hope he doesn't do is come back to creative. I, I wish he just leaves that alone. And let's the team running it right now run it. They're doing a good job. Everyone's happy. Yeah, it's the, okay. number, the numbers are good. Um, They're all right. Nothing special. They still get crushed by Monday Night Football, right? Well, everyone gets crushed by Monday Night Football, right? I mean, yeah. we're not even going to talk about Raw this week because it was kind of like a placeholder Raw in, in consideration of the bowl game that was happening. I mean, these are the hardest Yeah, nobody's time, watching Raw as all national right? championship. Right? So, you know, and congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs. Um and then I'm happy for Vince, man. He, he he gets to see a thing that he built. You know, he, he built this. He created WrestleMania, the network, all these superstars, made all these people rich. They made him rich, too. Um, we're sitting here because of him. He's, a, he's the smartest uh, promoter of all time in wrestling. He's the creative genius. It's on and on and on we can say about the guy. So he wants to cash out. That's that's what owner does. He owns it. It's his right. So but I, I know Stephanie stepped down. I don't think... Oh, well, it's your dad's business. It's not your business. Your husband doesn't deserve the business. It's his business. This is the thing. Triple yeah, H can do his I, job. I, I He's not I, a businessman, right? I, I Why should I they get it? I don't think she stepped down because of that. I think she just stepped down. No, I think it was temporary Phil to get out of there anyways. If you listen to that interview with Ariel Hawani, he says we were driving. We're not sure if we wanted it. So I think she just filled in temporarily. And this was going to be the plan all along. Maybe a few months later, Diana, I'm going to come back and sell. It's probably was in the works for a while. Well, it's been going on the work since he retired, hypothetically speaking, right? I mean, no, but that's, that's what I say on the podcast. I kept saying to everybody, he's going to sell it. He's not going to go away. People don't realize Vince McMahon. There's a few men like him. You got Jerry Jones, you got George Steinbetter, you got Vince McMahon. These guys live and breathe their product 24 7. They're not like Tony Khan. These guys, that's all they do. They, don't, they won't stop working. He's not just going to go sit on the beach in Florida and drink a cocktail. He's going to either be the boss or he's going to sell it. This is, there's no other way around it. And that's well, just like certain guys like him and Jerry Jones, you'll never see it like this again, right? It's the last yeah, of the dying you know, Like I said, at the end of the day, regardless of what happens here, I mean, I was scared a little bit by the whole prospect of it or what could happen, what what the product would look like, you know, going forward or, or you know, not right away, obviously. But I realized, like I said, wrestling doesn't die. Wrestling won't die. So there'll always be wrestling around and, you know, like everyone will find a home and, you know, what have you, but um, It'll always be wrestling around, but it might not be as good. Like if the NFL was to stop tomorrow, 
they go to other leagues, but it will never be as good. XFL, CFL, US is never yeah, as good. But as I mean, it, but if, if, if WWE crumbles the way I kind of, you know, that I kind of see it going in one in one scenario. I mean, there's many scenarios how this could play no. out. Nothing, nothing could change. Everything would be awesome. The product will still be there. On the other hand, these these know, billionaires is one thing about them. They're super smart guys. So whoever takes it over, NBC, Disney, Saudi, they're not stupid people. They will leave certain people in place. I, I get that. It all depends on like who UFC, they. Right? It all depends on who they leave in place. And, and I'll, I'm going to stand by this. I love McMahon. I love everything he's about. He should mm-hmm. not go back to creative, in my opinion. He should not carry that ball. Carry all the other balls you want. Call all the shots and this and that. But do oh, not. But that's the thing, though. He's the order. If he if he wants to do it, I'm all for it. No, I do what you want to do with your company. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I get that. I just hope he doesn't. You know what I mean? Like at the end of the day, he's going to do what he's going to do, and we're going to have to deal with it. I get that. I don't I, think he's coming back to creative. I think he's just coming no. back because he knows he's yeah. a businessman. Yeah. His people under him are not businessmen, so he wants it's his company. He wants it done in a certain way, set up how he wants to set it up. Well, I mean, if he wanted to come back, he, brought, he would have. Well, he brought back Michelle Williams, and he also brought 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 back George Barrios, who were two big key fa- figures throughout the WWE. Yeah, they're going to help him help him with the sale and right? work deals. So, yeah. So I mean, from that perspective, now here's people are so outraged over this. It's like I keep saying that it's only the indie fans. I keep saying these guys. It's his company, guys. You build a business, you sell it if you want to. Triple H doesn't deserve it. Steph doesn't deserve it. Shane doesn't deserve it. Vince built this thing. Triple H got this job because he married Steph. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. That's how he got into management. <laughs> the man's the owner. Triple H, like people are so outraged. I don't know what they're outraged about. See, I won't, He's I'm going to disagree He's with you. Over. I don't think just because he married Stephanie, he got his work. I mean, he put his time in and everything. No, he was a great wrestler, but he wouldn't have been in the position if he didn't marry Stephanie. He wouldn't have been executive of VP of talent. There was no way if he didn't marry Steph. He'd be like a, just a, you know, lots of other guys were successful and never got that spot. Well, he did because he gets to be around Vince, you know, so that definitely helped him. Didn't hurt him. I'm not saying he's not good at what he does, but that definitely put him over the top, right? You marry into power, that's how it goes. No. I will right. agree to disagree. Well, you don't see Stone Cold or The Rock as EVP. You don't see Hulk Hogan. Yeah, but I, I, I don't Slayer, think... But they're not married, right? Yeah, but none of those guys really stuck around, per se. They they have other... That's what I mean. Do. When you marry All the boss's he, daughter, yeah. you, you favor her. I don't know. When your daughter gets married, you're going to favor her husband over a regular joy you don't know. It's, it's human no, nature, right? You're always going to favor your kids, right? No, not necessarily. Well, McMahon did. Well, that's McMahon. Um right. So Nick yeah, Khan, people are so mad that he's selling his businesses. Like his yeah, business so, 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 people are outraged. I don't get it. Yeah. So Nick Khan, uh, I, I I saw this little headline. I thought it was kind of cool. Uh, when the sale is done, he'll make more money than what AEW is worth. So I believe it. He's not mad about it. He's not mad. I, I don't think anyone really needs to be mad about it. I mean, this day was going to come eventually. I mean, it's kind of like everything else. I mean, everyone was mad at Vince when, you know, he decided to break up the territories, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the whole deal there was like he did it very secretly around his dad. He wouldn't tell his dad what the plan was. Uh, afterwards, you know, his senior said that, like, if I had known what he was planning to do, I would never have supported yeah, it or, or that, made yeah. it happen um, in terms of putting it all together. And, you know, because, I mean, at that time, think about it. It's like 30 little kingdoms all around the country and no one really stepped on mm-hmm. each other's toes. 
and all of a sudden here comes Junior and he he fucking buys everyone out, which is fine. The right? guy's the guy's a visionary. He's always three steps ahead of everybody. And they think, oh, he's old. Next year it comes to network, and you know he he knows what he's doing. He's going to make a good deal, and it's good. Everything's going to be fine. No, it's gonna, it's gonna, well, you know, he's going to be fine. It'll benefit him, obviously. No, uh, he'll be fine. He wouldn't leave it in bad hands. You know what? I mean, there's so many conflicting things. Like one can argue. I'm just arguing here. Yeah, one could argue the mm -hmm. fact that he's doing this because he can't stand the fact that the, the company is doing well, the stock is doing well without him being there, no. and and his ego is is, is kind of you know, his ego is taking over a little bit. Right? One can argue that. I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just trying to throw out different scenarios so. here. Yeah, of course, um, he has a huge ego. Absolutely, you don't become a billionaire. And one of the greatest heels ever, not having a big ego. Yeah, he's got an ego the size of Texas. But the, at the end of the day, he's you know he's almost going to be seventy eight this year, and you know all that scandal that happened. So maybe he's like, you know what, I'm going to cash out. And he's been talking about this even before the scandal. He even said a few years ago, we're always open for business. There's no, I never say no to a sale. So he's been saying it even before this scandal came out of the Wall Street Journal. So he maybe said, you know what, I don't like what I see on the show. I'm done with this. I'm selling. I'm going to make as much money as I can and set the company up and away we go. I don't know. We'll never know what he's thinking. If the deal goes it's, through with the Saudis, the company will probably go back to being privately owned again. Um, yeah, maybe. No, no, that, that would happen. If it's if that deal is done with the Saudis, the company would go private again. Uh, and if that's the case, I'm kind of I'm, I'm interested in that a lot too because I think that would be the only way I would like to see Vince come back into creative if the company goes private, because then he can truly do what he wants to do. I feel that a lot of, but even then, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, hold on. I feel a lot of his creativity has been stifled because of the public trading. Oh, for sure. There's a lot that yeah. he can't do that. I'm sure they'd love to do. I think the product mm -hmm. got hurt, like the name of Vince McMahon, what his stamp of approval on the product, you know, probably diminished a bit because of that, because of their, you yeah. can't do this, you can't do that. So going private, I think, would be pretty cool. I mean, you might see a second wave of Attitude Era. And I mean... I don't think part, so, only because the networks won't allow that on TV anymore. Yeah, but at that point, then, you know what? I'm, I'm sure they can put their shows on their own network then, right? I mean... Unless it's streaming only, then, yeah. Right? So, I mean, there, there's so many options there. So there, there's, there's no shortage of, of getting the product or, or finding the product. Mm -hmm. in, in today's yeah. day and age right like i i personally don't think you need the fucking networks i mean the networks are there i get it fox is great the money is good from them but at the end of it all like when it's all said and done if you can put out the product you want you get everyone coming to the, the streaming site you're still going to make the money if not more and that would be cool it, to see yeah a majority of it will stay in your own pocket right you're not yeah. paying any not sure network fees well, like I said, there's so many things going on. I mean, I know the network deals are coming up. I know, you know, certain things are starting, you know, to be new, to, to be renewed and what have you. So and don't, for, don't forget, people are, are jumping to conclusions and stuff. Don't think for one minute, Vince ain't starting some sort of bidding war. You know what I mean? Throwing this out. Oh, Saudis are buying it. Oh, no, no, they're not. He's trying to create that buzz and get higher bidders and who knows what he's up to. But this man is very, well, very smart. I'll tell you what, I, I make think, a good deal. In there. I, I think that the Saudi announcement last night was done on purpose to gauge what people's reactions would be to it. To kind of fully comprehend, okay, if we do this, this is what it's going to sound like. And then they can kind of mm. gauge and look at everything around it and kind of understand what 
they're going to do next sort of a deal. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case, like announcing this deal and then, Maybe. you know, and, and the sources that it came from initially are non-wrestling entities. So that that's kind mm -hmm. of like a shocking piece as well. Like how, how does this person from DAZN know what's going on in wrestling? You know what I mean? Yeah, only a few people in it with Vince, right? So somebody yeah. leaked it on purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so it's sure. purposely leaked, and I think it's done on purpose. Obviously, nothing's etched in stone. They may have a handshake deal in place. You know, if the Saudis buy it, they buy it. I mean, I I only shared what I thought could possibly happen. I'm a kind of way yeah, it could be. We'll deal. never know, but and then theory. we kind of and we just kind of figure out as we go and see what the product looks like. Now, if guys want to leave the company, if girls want to leave the company, so be it. Like you said, there are other places to wrestle. Yeah. Right. But that being said, we don't know what the WWE is going to look like with a different company operating it. It could be nothing. Yep. They could be wholesale changes. They could be doing this. Um, other things to look at. You sell to the Saudis. Like, will they lose their contracts with the toy manufacturers? Will they, you know, like how there's so many variables. I mean, WWE is just, yeah, wrestling is the base. The characters are the base, but there's so many other, you know, Whatever happens, it'll be like UFC. It'll be it'll be a transfer you won't even really notice. Like they let Dana White stay in charge. Peter Brothers stepped away. Whoever bought it, can't remember the name of the company. They let Dana White run the show. So it'd be something yeah. along those lines. No, I mean, there's so many things that can happen. Again, this is Vince's baby. I mean, he can do what he wants with it. Yeah. Who am I? Who are you? Who's anyone to say anything to him? Um, the only advice I give Vince: say, good for you, man. Get all the money that you can get. You deserve it. Don't let anybody else tell you otherwise. You want to sell it? Make as much money as you can. You deserve yeah. it. No, do what you got to do, man. I mean, I think the only person who could have probably ever have ever said anything to him would have been, um, oh, what was his, uh, what's his name? Pat. Um, Pat Patterson. Pat Patterson, in my opinion, would probably be the only person who could talk to him, you know, in, in a way that no one else probably could. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, if you think yeah, about yeah, it, I, I, I like to think that Everything that Vince created, a lot of it had to do with Pat Patterson, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. He had help, absolutely. It wasn't all the same. No, no, no. No, no, I know. But above all the people that were there, I would have to say Pat Patterson and, and Bruce Pritchard, even to a certain extent, but Pat Patterson 100%. Um, mm -hmm. You know, unfortunately, he's not here anymore to see this, but he, he'd be one guy that I'd want to see. My brother met him when he was going to. My brother met him in '98 uh, when he was going to Japan for uh, for for gymnastics. Met him on a plane, sat with him the whole time. Oh, cool! Very cool. Picture said he's a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Pat Pat would have been one guy who would have truly benefited from the sale, and you know he would have been, in my opinion, someone who should have gotten a good piece of that pie, because without Pat yeah. Patterson, honestly, reality of it all, as great as Vince is, that was the guy who probably was just as good as he was. In terms like of the, the best owners in the world and the best businessmen in the world, but the smartest people around them. So yeah, absolutely. Pat helped them out big time. And speaking of Pat yep. Patterson, we are three weeks away from the Royal Rumble. Um, it's starting to shape up, Chance. It's starting to shape up. Mm -hmm. We got, and I don't know what this is going to be or what it's going to look like, but I can tell you we got the pitch black match between Bray Wyatt and LA Knight. That's one of the night fights confirmed for the evening. Sponsored by Mountain Dew, apparently. Um, 
then we also have the Royal Rumbles themselves. We have Kevin Owens challenging for the WWE titles against Roman Reigns. Um, any other matches that you know of yet that, that you can think of? I know those are the four that I know of. So Not offhand, no. I think okay. that's the only ones I know about. Yeah, so I mean, I'm sure the Usos will be defending at some point, and I think think what's going to happen is the Usos are going to, they're going to split up the tag team titles here somehow. I think um, I have a feeling based off on what happened on Raw with the tag team gauntlet match, do not be surprised if next week or whenever that match is, uh, you see the Judgment Day take the straps. The WWE, possible, yeah. the, the Raw straps anyways, right? I think that'd be good. I Could really, I, I almost, I almost feel that It'd be cool to have the two shows have their own titles again. It's it's good to see them kind of go back and forth and what have you and you know whatnot. But I think it would just help the brand a bit more on both sides if they could do that. That's just my thinking. I don't know. What do you think? Do you like having a lot of, one champion? I think they have raw smack raw tag belt, smackdown belts. There's too many belts. So I kind of like how they kind of share it a little bit. Yeah. Just because there's so many belts that way, right? Well, I mean, but the whole process was to have it set up um, because they were separating the shows. They're trying to create two separate brands, mm-hmm. right? So from that yeah. from that perspective, I can see if, if they're going to stick that route, if they're going to combine the two shows again like they did in the past, and yeah, get rid of them. But if they're going to stay that kind of course, then it's best to separate the two titles. Yeah, somebody, somebody's got to get the belts off the shows here. And bloodline it. They have them all. Well, they got everything so, right now. They've had everything for over two years. Yeah, in essence, they've they've carried every major title except the US title and the intercontinental title. Those are the only two titles that they haven't gotten. Actually, at, at one point when Sokoa came over from NXT, he had the North American title. So yeah. at, it almost feels like by the it feels like by the end of WrestleMania, the Bloodline will lose all their belts. It almost seems like it's coming feel, coming that way, you know? I think the Usos will. I don't think... Get the tag belts. I, I don't... I think the tag belts will go. But I don't think you'll see Roman dropping any titles anytime soon. If he fights, if he fights Cody at WrestleMania, Cody will walk out his camp. If Cody... If he fights Cody, I can see the potential of him walking out with one of the belts, not both. You don't think so? I don't know. I just don't see how yeah. that you know. I you know, like I mean, you got to keep Roman strong too if that's the plan. I don't know what the goal is here with him at, at the end of this all, because I mean, once you take the belts off of him, what's he going to do? Right? Like he's going to start have special matches like Lesnar and them, I guess. Well, that's about it, right? I mean, you know, he. I mean, he's pretty much a special attraction now, right? With his appearances yeah. and. I mean, he shows up more than Brock does, obviously. But when Brock yeah, was champion, he wouldn't show up for maybe two, three months at a time. Yeah, especially like he said he had right? a prize fighter. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So the heavyweight title wouldn't even be on a show for, for, um, for an extended period of time. So, you know, we'll just play it out by ear and let's see where they go with that. But yeah, the Royal Rumble is yeah. shaping up. Uh, Raw last night, I'll, I'll, or a couple nights ago. Sorry, this is Wednesday. Um, I thought it was funny. The Dominic stuff cracked me up, man. I started laughing with it. Um, I don't know if you caught that. They look like, like I said, they look like a crew from East Vandals, guys. Holy cow. 
Yeah, but it's funny though. I mean, oh. they're very yeah. Rough. It was funny. Uh, yeah, it was. those guys are so talented. Finn Balor, Damian Priest are good workers. Um, but the whole Dominic thing was just cracking me up, man. Like Miz asked him, "Yeah, but you were only locked up for a few hours." Hey, man. Like you know, the way he was talking, it was like you've been in there for years, and you know, just just, just yeah. I saw, I saw things. I saw things that no one should see. Like I mean, really, I, it, yeah. it was just so funny. It was just so. Yeah, it was a good segment. It was a stupidly funny segment, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, I think that we will start picking up on the Ray versus Dominic match here in the next few weeks as well. I predict that Dominic will probably eliminate Ray. Yeah. Something like that, and then that's where it will start to heat up again, which will lead them into WrestleMania. So that's pretty exciting to see some of these stories formulating. Yeah, that'll be good. Really good payoff. Um, Alexa Bliss, she's pure evil again, and she loves it, as she said on Raw. So that's kind of cool to see the direction she's going in. Uncle Howdy showing up again. So things are starting to shape up, man. We're starting to get some clarity on some of these storylines and in what direction they want to go into. The road to WrestleMania, the road to the Royal Rumble, we are there. That being said, man, I thought it'd be kind of cool if we did a review of our Royal Rumble here today, if you're down for that, are you? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah? All right, so this is yeah. a request from uh, uh, one of our followers. His name is Nick. Um, he had asked us to do the Survivor Series. Now he's asking if we can do a quick rundown of the Royal Rumble 1991, which was held in, I guess, San Antonio. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember this clearly because about a month after, I didn't watch it live, but about a month or a month and a half after it happened. No, I'm My sorry. dad rented it on VHS. Yeah, yeah. So January 19th, 1991, this was from the Miami Arena in Miami, Florida. My apologies. Okay. Attendance was 16,000. But according to Nick, who told me this, 400 buy, 400,000 buys on pay per view for this show. Um, That's pretty good. Not bad. So this would be this would have been the third edition of the Royal Rumble. First one was '89. Hacksaw won that. Hogan won 1990 and uh, 1991. Here we go. Seven matches were contested in this event, including one dark match. Uh, the first match, Jerry Sags from the Nasty Boys, he defeated uh, Sam Houston in a singles match. Not much to talk about there. I'll say this though, man. I watched the show and it was kind of sad. It, uh, it was with a heavy heart in, in some cases to watch this pay-per-view. In the first match alone, The Rocker, Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty defeated the Orient Express, um, Kato and Tanaka. Good match. Kind of interesting. One thing that I took away from this yeah, match in particular was that Shawn Michaels was huge. Like bulk. Like not not yeah he was you know, he wasn't mean he wasn't you know what he, he was twenty six then so yeah he was yeah prime. he was bulky like I, I they were all juicing yeah. back then right so I mean oh yeah so so the size of the guy was just massive but here's where I started to feel nostalgic I looked at this match and I'm looking okay first off Gorilla was it Gorilla yeah Gorilla Monsoon and Roddy Piper were on commentary they're no longer with us. Uh, mm -hmm. Joey Morella was the referee for this particular match. He's no longer with us, who's Gorilla Monsoon's son. Mr. Yeah, Fuji yeah. is no longer with us, right? 
Very interesting. Bobby Heenan, so many guys. Well, the next match, Big Boss Man defeated the Barbarian with Bobby Heenan. Big Boss Man isn't with us anymore. Uh, Bobby Heenan isn't with us anymore. Now, this is where I... Barbarian's still kicking around. He's still kicking around. Yeah, yeah. Um, Samoan, he's a part of that whole line, man. He's he's the Rock's cousin, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next match was really cool. Sergeant Slaughter with uh, General Adnan against the Ultimate Warrior for the WWE Championship. Now, 1991, this is when the Gulf War was going on. So, you know, they were really pushing that whole angle. And what greater shock value than having G.I. Joe himself become a Middle East um, supporter? Yeah, that was that was well done. Right? And, and the way they made the Ultimate Warrior lose this title, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it already, um, was, was very cool with the Macho Man and the role that him and Sensational Sherry played in all of this. Uh, I guess in, in episodes of, of Superstars or, or Primetime, those were the main shows at the time, uh, leading up to the pay-per-views and what have you, so they, they basically used uh, the Macho Man saying that he was promised, Sergeant Slaughter promised him a title shot if he won. And, you know, they sent out Sherry to confront the Ultimate Warrior and asking him, would you do the same, blah, blah, blah. He said no. So as this match went on, Ultimate Warrior was kicking the shit out of the guy throughout the whole match, literally, you know, uh, until Macho and Mm -hmm. Sherry started their interference. One hit to the scepter, and there you go, new world champion. What did you think of that? great to see those kind of characters that you don't see at all nowadays. It was great. All I liked Ultimate Warrior, like, when you're a kid, I was nine, you look at the guys larger than life, energetic. You know, now we look at him now and say, well, he's a crappy wrestler, but this guy was one of the most popular wrestlers ever, right? Yeah. Back then, we didn't think that. We said, oh, he closed lines, he power slams, he runs, and he's crazy, one, two, three, that's all we needed. I think the and problem with the Ultimate Warrior was just more deep-rooted in his own psychology. Um, yeah. But I mean, we're looking back at it now, but at the time when he was doing it, he was on fire. We didn't know what was going on backstage. You see this built well, we dude running around, kicking we, butt. There was no internet in 91. No, I know. That was nice. Right? So, way. I mean, that way we really didn't know what was happening backstage. We didn't have breaking news and whatnot. I mean, if this was still the 90, you know, this, if this, if all the stuff with, with the sale and everything is happening now, none of us would know until it was officially done. Yeah. Right? You know? Uh, moving on with this card, we had the Mountie with Jimmy Hart defeating Coco Beware. I'll be honest, man. I fast forward through this one. I thought this was like the bathroom break match. Um, it's a filler. Really... Yeah, it was okay. It was a filler. a filler. It was okay. This fight I was happy to watch. Ted DiBiase and Virgil defeated Dusty Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes. Nostalgia, yeah, yeah, to see Dusty in there and you know whatnot. I mean, that man loved his fucking elbow, man. I forgot oh, yeah, how much he loved... elbow? Yeah, yeah, I forgot how much he loved to use that. Uh, this was the match where basically Coco, or sorry, not Coco. This is the match where Virgil basically found his balls and decided to stand up against the million dollar man. I don't think you yeah. can have angles like that anymore. You'll never have that angle ever again, ever. But no, it it you, can't, you, you can't have the black butler like Virgil was. The, basically. the networks won't, even if you want to, the networks won't put it on. They're so woke and they're so. Well, I guess the best way to put it, they'll never allow that. Even if you try to do it, they'll shut you off. No, I think if anyone can try it, they'd be them. 
All right, Royal Rumble match. Who won? Do you know? Back to back, the, the most popular wrestler of all time, Hulkamania. Hulk Hogan. A lot man. of good, a lot of good characters in this match too. Yeah, Earthquake. You know, yeah, number one was Bret Mr. Hart. Mr. Perfect. Yeah, we had Bret Hart, Dino Bravo, Greg Valentine, Paul Roma, the Texas Tornado, Rick Martel, Saba Simba. You know who Saba Simba was, right? Tony. Yeah, Adams. I know. Yeah, I forgot yeah. about that guy twice. Yeah. Again. Saba yeah. Simba was in there. Bushwhacker Butch was in this match. Jake Roberts, Hercules, Tito, The Undertaker. I think this was his first rumble. Uh, I think so. Jim, Jimmy Snuka, the British Bulldog, Smash, Hawk, Shane Douglas, uh, Macho Man was number eight, number eighteen, and he never came. Didn't up. show up. He didn't show yeah, up no because show. he was being chased by the Warrior. Nineteen Animal Crush, Jim Duggan, Earthquake, Mister Perfect, Hulk Hogan was twenty-four. Haku considered to by many to be the toughest guy in the locker room at that time. Uh, at that time, Jim, yeah. Yeah, Jim Neidhart, Bushwhacker Luke, Brian Knobs, The Warlord, and number 30, Tugboat. <laughs> so, what a great lineup of guys. And Stop, half this lineup is no longer with us. Yep, well, it's 30 years ago, but yeah. No, regardless, Dino Bravo is not with us. Texas Tornado is not with us. Um, Hercules, I believe, has passed away. Jimmy Snuka has passed yeah, away. The Bulldog has passed away. Hawk has passed away. Savage has passed away. Animal passed away. Crush passed away. Uh, Jim Duggan is still with us. Almost passed away. He just fought cancer. Good for him. He, he's in remission. Mm -hmm. Mr. Perfect. Earthquake. Um, Jim Neidhart. I mean, that's yeah. pretty much... Yeah, 30 years ago. That, that's pretty much... 20 guys out of the 30 man roster there that that including macho man you know like the it, it, yeah. it was a hard one to watch i'll be honest man it was nostalgic because it brought me back to the childhood days of when you didn't know what was going to happen and you were like shocked and surprised and this was before the winner of the royal rumble went on to wrestlemania that was like the prize for it all um so now i'm curious to see how this worked out because I forgot how Hogan ended up fighting him at WrestleMania seven, considering the whole thing with macho man um, being promised as number one contender for the title. So I, I don't know what happened. Cause I know obviously at WrestleMania seven, you had warrior versus macho, right? And yeah, that's, that's where, right. that's where Elizabeth came out and, you know, broke it all up with, with him and Sherry sort of a deal. And then Hogan, I guess it made sense to put the strap back on Hogan, considering what was going on in the Gulf War, even though the Ultimate Warrior had the American Warrior logo on the back of his trunks. And, <laughs> you know, he was trying his best, but, you know, I don't, I don't know. It was an interesting time, man. Yeah, but take all that aside. If you just, if you just look at the Warrior just for what he did and how popular he was and how exciting he was and his energy and his look and his muscles is, you know, he's got to go down as, I know he's not a great in-ring worker, but he's got to go down as one of the greatest ever on popular popularity alone. He was almost the biggest Hogan at a time, maybe bigger than Hogan for a couple of years. He was that popular. Yeah. I wouldn't say he was a couple of years. I, I give him a year of popularity. Um, 
I hear what you're saying. I'm not gonna refute it, but I, I we feel look that... back on it now and the crazy stuff he did. I get all that. Yeah, I'm saying just no, no, for his no, no, body no, no, of work. No, 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 I'm talking right? from the body of work. It's so it's it's pretty small, in essence. Like he crammed, he crammed a lot into that little time, and and I feel that he could have been bigger and better if he wasn't so wrapped up oh, in himself. Um, you know, like he fucked himself over nicely with Vince. Oh, right. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah. I, I don't right. know what his action was saying, but yeah, it was yeah. so exciting. At, at that time Especially in W Yeah, no, as a little kid, he he was a breath of fresh air. Right. I oh, mean, yeah. there was so much potential there. There was so much that could be done. But I mean, his promos as a little kid, I didn't really, you know, I just heard the key words and you were just so enamored by his snorting and the flexing and just that energy, the shaking the energy. and whatnot. You know, you didn't really need to listen to a lot of the words, but if you go back now and listen to his promos, they're fucking gibberish. Oh, yeah. I will say one thing right now. There may be probably 98% of the roster could wrestle better than Warriors for right now, sure, but they can't entertain and they can't capture the crowd like the Warrior could. That's what you can't capture the crowd, you're not putting butts in seats. And he put butts in seats, like you said, small body of work, but when he was on fire, yeah, but I mean, it, 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 goes, in school, right? it, it goes right back to what we were talking about before on a previous show. Like, uh, you know, after we we after we had done this interview with uh, the moment taker, Jordy Taylor, and you mm. know, ultimately you look at the biggest names in the industry. You, if you want to throw the warrior in there, he would fit into that group as well as guys that maybe had five moves total, but mm-hmm. had you eating out of the palm of their hands with their promos. Their so that's visual, all needed. Right, their act, just that 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 you know, Hogan, eat, say your prayers, eat your vitamins, the bulging of the eyes, you know, the the, the big hulk, massive muscles. Well, the big muscles are, are hulking out, you know, like just when you thought like, speaking Earth, of that, Hogan's what 67, 68, his arms are still huge, especially for his age, was still big. No, he's still looking good, man. That guy I mean, has that image. He wears those short sleeve shirts. His arms are still big. Yeah, no, he's yeah. looking good. I mean, for for what it is and all that. But it's kind of funny because I was looking like when I was watching this Royal Rumble in '91, one, um, Tito Santana was huge. Like mm-hmm. all these guys were fucking ripped. They're big. They were all juicy. I don't care what anybody then. says, unless you were Earthquake or Tugboat or Dusty Rhodes. You know, anyone in on that show was juicing. I don't care. Maybe not Tanaka yep. or or what have you, but Barbarian had Or Bushwhackers, probably. Well, maybe, you know, I don't know what they were on, bro. But, I mean, that, that energy is separate alone. And another example of where the character was bigger than the moveset. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? You, you look at that era, you will say you people remember the Bushwhackers. Right? Yeah. I, I was talking Kane, to, right? Right. I was talking to my mother the other night, and I mentioned the Bushwhackers to her. And she goes, oh, I remember those guys. And she's not a wrestling yep. fan. So exactly, you know, that's the thing. Is like those guys in those days they know how to entertain and capture you, capture the exactly. moment, right? Right. No, and and that's what they did. You know, time and time again. So you look at all the guys that we remember. What's the one thing they majority of them have in common? Majority of them couldn't wrestle a lick per se. Not like mm-hmm. a Ric Flair. Not like a Shawn Michaels. Not like a Bret yeah, Hart. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, but they had to their name mm-hmm. right? people will say oh hogan and andre they're not good workers yet they put ninety thousand people in pontiac Silverdome stadium so what does that tell you well i mean 
Andre is an entity. You on could watch own. Johnny Gargano and Finn Balor. They wouldn't. They wouldn't sell twenty thousand. But Hogan and Andre had ninety. So I mean, no, it, I mean, it's all about character. Like it, said, was, right? it was all about character. It's all about, and I think I would love. That's what my hope for wrestling is. Hey, look, I love a match that it's technical, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's yeah, like me boxing. Too. I love technical boxing. I love brawlers too. Don't get me wrong. People are more into the brawlers than the technical guys. I get it. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, you look at hockey in the mid 90s thanks to the new jersey devils it was all about defense you know offense was down goals were down everything was down if you look at most of the trap right if most of you look at most of the super bowls which i don't know if it's majority but a good good number of them are based on victories by defense yeah right so i mean defense wins these championships i get that um but yeah, no, these these guys, um, you know, I like a spot fest as much as the next guy, like the Will Spray Ricochet fight. I, I I referenced that again. Yeah, it was good. It's good as a one off. I don't want to see it all the time. I mean, yeah, story, yeah, yeah, you know, my love for wrestling is storytelling and and the psychology and, and and working the crowd to follow that story. Characters, Characters. Uh, I think the last example of it, and I'll reference the one match that I think stands out in my mind is the only match of the 2000s so far that does it the best. And that's Shawn Michaels, or sorry, Triple H Undertaker and Hell in the Cell at Mania 28. I mean, the ring was there, the Hell in the Cell was there, I get it, but they didn't, it almost felt like a backdrop. It did, it played a role, but it didn't necessarily mm. play the role that the Hell in the Cell has played in other matches. It was all about facial expressions. It was all about eye glances and looks and, and you know, just that struggle and all of that. That's, yep. you know. It was like seeing Van Halen and Rolling Stones again. They had that nostalgia feel. They brought JR back. They had all the guys watching. So you could feel it. It felt like late 90s watching it. And it was well done. Yeah, well, done. well I mean, a modern Loved take it. on, a modern take, but storytelling at its finest. You know? Yeah, and, it was good. You know, so, so, and I, I think you're seeing that a little bit with Roman Reigns too. I don't think people are giving him enough credit for, for those way, weighing glances and, and the little kind of, you know, touches that he's putting on to things. Like, for example, when he's hugging Sammy and they show his face, but he has this look on his face, like, you know, don't believe me sort of a deal. Like, I mean, it, it's yeah. good. It's you, you know, it's funny. The IWC will tell you. Oh, Vince doesn't care about the fans. He th- forces Roman down our throats. Well, they said the same thing about John Cena 10 years ago. Now when he comes on, he's, he, everybody's saying, oh, he's the greatest of all time. He's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. Same thing will happen with Reigns. We're going to say right now, everybody doesn't care about the fans. They force feed us Reigns. And in five, 10 years, we're going to say, he's one of the greatest of all time. Look at this run. Same thing they did with John Cena. we the same thing. Well, I think Cena I did it that. better. I think Cena did it better. Because oh, yeah, had... I'm not saying Rollins is no, as no, good no, as you no, 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 no. Let me finish. What I'm saying is, what my point here is that I think Cena did it better only for the fact that he had to deal with that crowd throughout his entire run. Whereas I think Roman benefited from not having a crowd that he could develop the character and, and actually get it to the place where he wanted to. I think the problem is with modern wrestling fans and like you said, the internet wrestling community and whatnot, they They're try to brutal people, man. They well, I mean, you know, certain cities, live events, I mean, fans will try to take over programming, right? If their yep. guy's not gonna win, I mean, I, I think this whole you know, shoving Roman down our throats kind of kind of stemmed from the fact that 
internet wrestling community, fans, you know, not on the internet wrestling community, just regular fans as well. It was all about Daniel Bryan. And, and as hard as they were trying not to get everyone to like Daniel Bryan, you know, I think that's where a lot of that feeling came from that they were shoving Roman down the throat and whatnot. I don't think they did anything different with Roman that they did with Rock, Austin, or 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 Cena. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's just kind of like Roman benefited from it, right? Because remember, he yeah he the fuck out of him when he won that rumble. Yeah. In Philadelphia, right? Because that's not the guy they oh, wanted. Yeah. They would have been happy if even Ray won. But obviously they all wanted to win it all. No. They they all they all wanted Daniel to win. The crowd wanted Daniel to win. Everyone in that stadium was behind Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan. I mean, to the point where that no matter what you put in front of the crowd or or the 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 fans, people were gonna revolt. That's that's the sense of it all. So you know what? Kudos to Roman. I think he's doing a great job. I have no issues with any of his work. No, I like him. I, I think he's doing a lot of things that people aren't even noticing. Like I said, watch now, guys. Watch the glances. Look at the little eye markers. Look at the little chagrin and the little smirks that that are subtle. They're not meant to be seen right away. You pick up on those vibes, right? I mean, it's all leading yep. to something else. Like hit every expression that he throws down is leading to something that's going to happen down the road. We don't, you know. At some point here, someone's going to turn on Sammy. Something's going to happen. You know, that's going to lead us to elimination. Yeah, they'll have their feud. They'll break up here soon. Yeah. I mean, it's leading more and more of that. Like, now that you're planting the seed, well, he's done everything you said. After War Games, he should have become Sammy Uso, not an honorary on, on, honorary new Uso. So, you know, yeah. that, that hasn't shifted. That hasn't changed. He blamed him for the loss for Kevin Owens on SmackDown. He got mad at him. Then he was his friend again. So he's kind of playing, you know, Roman's doing great. He is. He's awesome. He's doing well. He's doing a lot of fun things and I have no issues with it. Yeah, no, I, you know, I think everything is good right now. I'm enjoying the product. I enjoy everything that we're seeing. I'm excited for the Royal Rumble. I'm excited for where this is all going to lead up to and where it's going. So, yeah, man, I mean, outside, outside of the news breaking and, and what's happening and what potentially can be happening down the road here. Right now, wrestling's in a good place, and I hope it stays there, man. It always is. It's always going to be fine. People are panicking. They jump at conclusions. They're spinning the story. Let's see where who buys it and worry about it. Then, other than that, Vince is a genius. He'll put it in good hands, and he'll cash out, and wrestling will be fine. It's like the NFL, WWE, on the same level as far as their respective sports. They'll be fine. No, I, I think it'll be fine, too. Like I said, I mean, I mean, they're Just always like going to be well, I, look at I guess I think the one thing I find interesting is why are people upset by it? Like, why are fans upset by it? You fucking pay money to go see because it. Because they oh, think... Like, yeah, but they're not getting anything from what I've been, it. You know what I mean? What I've been like, reading on the IWC community boards, they think that Vince is an old man, doesn't know anything. These people are like 20, 25 years old for the most part. They don't know anything about the past. They just see it now. They think, oh my God, Vince sells it. Triple H is gone and all this. They got that. They're coming from that place from like the indie feel, like the AEW feel. They think the big, bad, evil genius is back to destroy his own company. People are so stupid. He built the company. He's not going to destroy it. He'll put it in good hands. He'll cash out, and everything will be fine, and we won't even second guess it. When Pertita sold US, he was like, oh, my God, he's going to destroy it. They're going to destroy it. They left it in charge. We wouldn't even know the owner switched. Same no. thing here. 
no, no, I, I'm pretty certain that's the path that it's going to take. But I mean, the same people yeah. that were, were complaining about WrestleMania or tearing down all their territories. I mean, those fans were basically the young fans of those days who didn't know anything about the past, right? Or or what the future could hold yeah. or what have you. So, I mean, again, the people complaining, like you said, are the young bloods or the, are the newer fans, you know, the, the, the woke crowd, as you like to refer to them. Um, and they're on the internet all day long, dude. All day long, know, talking right? Smack. Right. So, I mean, these keyboard warriors, really, are you making anything off the steel, people? Like, I don't see why anyone needs to be upset about anything, right? Uh, the yeah, world is the show will go on. on. The show will go on. You know, I guess time will tell what the show will look like later on, or or if any major changes are going to come down the pike, or what it's going to be. But at the end of the day, like I said, it's his company. It has nothing to do with me. I haven't invested in the company. So quite frankly, I don't see why people are upset about something that they have no control over. You know, it kind of comes back to me at that point. And like I said, they, they he's built a business that all these people are coming in. They really, really love. They watch all the WrestleManias, all the Royal Rumbles. Those are all Vince's creations. And they, well, they you don't I, trust the guy to sell it. Yeah, no, hey, man, again, each of their yeah. own. And respect Crazy. to respect to those guys. So things that I can control is yeah. the show. The sap and chance pod is the one thing that I have control over. So I put my energy and my effort to make this the best thing possible as long as well as you do. So, yeah. you know, I rather yeah. continue focusing on this and making sure this is awesome and be prepared for whatever changes come Absolutely. our way and be ready for it and be at the front of it. So, yeah, man, that being said, do you have anything for this day in wrestling history? I don't, but I got a top top five for you. I'm going to throw you a curveball. I'm going to add a little sizzle of the steak. It's not a wrestling question. Okay. So some this, is not your, this is not your personal favorite. This is going to be impactful and let's say popularity and uh, quality of work. I want to hear that your top five. English rock and roll bands instead of Mount Rushmore. Okay, so you broke up there quite a bit. So what I'm hearing is from you is your top five best British bands. Your your personal top five favorite English rock. No, sorry, your top five English rock bands of all time. Not necessarily your personal favorite. I'm talking impact, popularity, quality of work, concerts at all. I said five because there's too many. It's just so many, right? Instead of the usual Mount Rushmore. Uh, Pink Floyd. Okay. I, I think they are between Pink Floyd and you know and Led Zeppelin, but Floyd more so in my opinion. They are the modern, you know, the, they're the pioneers of electronica and and you know mm -hmm. techno music and what have you. Um, with the sampling that they did with a lot of their albums, they were well ahead of their time in terms of sound yep. and creativity and what have you. So they opened the door for the likes of the Chemical Brothers, the Prodigy, in my opinion, in terms of sampling and techno and whatnot. I know that's a weird comparison considering the kind of music that they made, but I mean, in terms of the psychedelic scene, they were... Yeah, that's Stoner. Stoner one. The Kings of Stoner Rock. Uh, pardon? They're good. Yeah, yeah. okay, go ahead. So, that's one. Four more. So, you know, I know you want me to say the Rolling Stones, uh, you know, just in terms of their longevity and and I'm not a fan per se. Uh, I'm a fan of certain songs. I won't say I'm a huge fan of the Rolling Stones. Um, mm -hmm. They would have to be up there as well, just based on their longevity and and you know, okay. 
and the quality of their work. Um, again, I'm not a fan of this Three band more. either. The Beatles, uh, they revolutionized yeah, they, they a lot of the scene and what have you. Without them, there's no Oasis. There's no a lot of bands that I enjoy these days. Um, so that's Pink Floyd, the Beatles, and uh, the Rolling Stones, Stones I got so far. Um, two more. Two more. Um, they're Irish, but I'm going to put them in this group anyways, and I'm going to say you too, just for, again, for their longevity, for the quality of their work and the albums that they put out and the influence that they've had on the music scene as well. I'd have to put them in that category as well. And last okay. but not least, this is a tough one because I'm kind of, you know, I'm going to say Oasis. I'm going to put Oasis okay. in there because they're a modern band that transcended a lot and really opened the door for a lot of Manchester bands at the time. Without Oasis, I, you know, not, not to say that the Manchester scene was ever dead or anything. It was always going to be awesome. But it's it was kind of... If you knew the Manchester scene, you were a huge fan of it, right? It wasn't worldwide, so to speak, where Oasis made... And they were one of the biggest bands for a few years in the 90s, too, so they well, had a big following. Oasis opened the door for a lot of other bands in that region of the country to be heard and noticed worldwide. I don't know, like, I'm sure Pulp, uh, Blur, which is London-based, obviously, but bands like that, I don't think would have garnered the attention that they would have gotten, in my opinion, if bands like Oasis, uh, in Spiral Carpet, Stone Temple, um, not Stone Temple type pilots, um, The Cult, you know, uh, bands like that really came into North America strong, which opened the door for these other bands to kind of emerge and get more international mm -hmm. recognition. So yeah, those, those would be my five that I'd pick. That's good. Yeah, it's a good list. Yeah, yeah. You gotta have Beatles and Stones in there, right? The two most popular English bands ever. You have to. So yeah, that's a good list. And everything else, you can kind of play around with it. I personally, myself, like yeah, obviously Beatles, Stones, Queen. Um, my God, I have I, Led Zeppelin, obviously. Maybe the you know that energy, that rock, right? And then, I mean, it's either to me, it's I don't. I'm not a huge fan of them, but maybe probably got to put Ozzy in there. Oh, Black Sabbath. Yeah, Black Sabbath, Ozzy. You yeah, know, see, something. here's the thing. I mean, Sabbath was really I've good seen Sabbath well. live, and I, think I, was, and I enjoy it, but I don't always like that darkness stuff all the time. No, no, but, but I mean, if you think about it at that time, when, when Sabbath was doing their thing as well, it was just so awesome that time, in my opinion, as a kid mm -hmm. as well, because, I mean, I think I've said this here before, but, you know, I'll say it now, if no one's heard it before, I was never a huge fan of the American music scene. Most of my music musical taste everything i enjoy listening to is all based out of the uk it's always been that way for me maybe it's because my family's from the uk but you know i never really got into the north american side of stuff um you know for me it was iron maiden british band judas priest uh black Sabbath. yeah i'm not into that dungeons and dragons and swords and castles kind of music like, don't get me wrong he's a good singer and they got good guitars but i'm not into that Wizards and dragons and swords and castles and you remember that style. To be honest, with with Maiden, I I discovered Maiden in 1982, um, and for me, it wasn't so much the lyrics at the time as it was the guitars and the drums and and just the sound. Oh yeah, they're so, talented. 
and, yeah. and the vocals were just an added feature for me because they work so well. Uh, Bruce Dickinson's voice is just perfect for for Iron Maiden. Mm -hmm. So you know, it wasn't until later that I funny story for you, my my cousin Mike. He's about your age, and he had a for many many years in Vancouver. He had a Judas Priest cover band called Screaming Vengeance, mm. and um, he played many times at the Commodore. Um, he got to meet Judas Priest. Um, yeah, they're talented musicians. He's a businessman now. He wouldn't even tell. But yeah, his band was called Screaming Vengeance, and I think he made it. Like, he's born 75. So maybe 87. I was maybe five or six. I heard him playing. I'm like, dude, I don't like it, right? But it's like, yeah, Screaming Vengeance is a, it's a local Vancouver band. He's on many big bills. The Judas cool. Priest cover band. They started playing their own stuff, but obviously people want to hear the Judas Priest stuff. When you're called oh, Screaming yeah. Vengeance, I think it's a Judas Priest album or song. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not a huge Priest fan, to be honest. Like, I know no, some either. other tracks, but I mean, there was just so much for me to choose from at that time that I had to be very selective on who mm -hmm. I wanted to follow and support. But yeah, no, Floyd is forever my go-to um, from that era. Yeah, I like Floyd, but to me, it's more of a, like, don't get me wrong, David Gilmore, amazing singer, good guitars, Roger Waters is a genius. I get all that. And I like Floyd. I like some of the albums. But to me, that's more of a stoner vibe. And I'm not into that kind of stuff. So I like something a little more energy. I'd rather have Aerosmith, Little Van Halen, something that's going to pump me up a little bit. Yeah, it's so, so Floyd is great. They're one of the best ever. That's just my taste. Yeah, well, no, you're American. You're, I know you're more of an American rock band guy, and I get that. And you know what? There's, well, I, I like Oasis, and I like, I like Stones. No, I like no, no, no. But, but, but for majority, majority of what you like to listen to, I would have to say, like, just based on you, based on what I know about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're Team America, I'm Team UK, musically. That's just yeah, the way we are, right. right? You know, like you're more into that good boy yeah. rock and roll fucking stuff, and I'm more into the the the. Well, no, I like I like sound learning, one of my favorite. I like that grunge stuff too. No, no, no. I, know I just don't saying, like the but, whiny baby stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I get what you're saying. I'm just saying, like our our styles are are differentiated. You're into the rock and roll. Yes, you're more like you the essence of rock American style rock yeah. and roll. You know, with with a bit of a heavy edge, I get that. Where I'm more into the psychedelic. Yeah, like Jim Morrison, I like I like I like his vocals, right? Yeah, see, I like the Doors as well, right? His voice is amazing, like that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Steven yeah. Tyler, you know. Yeah, like I mean, I, I majority of what you like, bro. I'm not, you know, I won't say I own any of those albums and stuff. I have nothing against those bands. Mm -hmm. Like I like the songs that they've come out with. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, musically, we're very different. I like a lot of Canadian bands, too. Like Tragic Hips is one of my, probably my second favorite band ever, right? Yeah, so it's I see. That yeah. too. But yeah, mostly North America. Yeah, yeah. You're in North America. I'm more Europe. Um, mm -hmm. As far as Canada goes, to be honest, man, I think, I mean, out of all the Canadian bands that I've come across, um, I'm, I'm probably, I like the Tea Party. They're good. I've seen them live. Like, it's okay, but... Uh, like I, I mean, I, like I don't, okay. I don't like, I don't like the tragically hip. I personally, um, I'm not a fan. For me, for me, what I like in a performance, I like that's going to move around, puts energy. When Tea Party guy is just standing there trying to be mystic and trippy, yeah, that's fine and dandy. But I like a guy like uh, Gord Downey or Scott Weiler or Stephen Ty is going to get out there and sing and dance and sweat and work their ass off and make you feel like, hey, you paid your money and just some dude sitting there playing guitar that doesn't look like he wants to be there. I get tired of that. I'm too cool yeah. for the stage look. It kind of bugs me. Eh, yeah, I guess so. But they I weren't mean, bad. They got Tea Party's got some good songs. We got Rush. We got. See, know, I don't Trash like Rush Day either. Can't we got early eighties. That guy um, looks like a zombie, man. Dude, Rush. I seen them when they played for three hours. They played an hour and a half. The five minute intermission came back another hour and a half. Like, 
the only thing the only thing that I like about Rush is Neil Peart. You know, God rest his soul. That's yeah. that's the only thing I like about Rush. Other than that, the lead singer guy looked like he should have died fifty years ago. Um, the skin and bone. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what his, sure, I don't even know his name, man. I just yeah. know he wears. And we got Brian around. Adams, our most popular comedian rocker of all time. Brian yeah, Adams I mean, he's good. He's got some good stuff. No, he's got some good songs as well, but he was kind of poppy for me, so I never really got into him. I mean, I listen to all these guys. Yeah, but if you actually listen to his albums, he rock. He rocks pretty good. Does he really? Okay, well, I'll give him a shot. Like I said, I'm not, yeah. you know, I I have so much. He rocks music. harder than Pink Floyd rocks. Yeah, I I don't yeah, know. Brian Adams got some. Brian Adams got some edge to him. Like I guess he does have his love pop songs, but he, he knows how to yeah. rock too. Yeah, perhaps he does. Yeah. I, you know. Um. All right. Well, I tell you what, man. Let's end it there. Yeah. Uh, we got to get going yep. here. We got some stuff coming up, guys. Stay tuned because later this week, probably this Friday. We will be dropping another exclusive on everybody. Uh, we're not going to say who it is. We want to mm. surprise the fans with this one. So if you're a wrestling fan, this is for you. If you're a wrestling fan born in the 70s who watched wrestling in the 90s, um, this is going to be for you. Late 80s, early 90s. You know, um, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Uh, we will be, be a lot of fun. It's going to be amazing. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to fucking ask these guys questions and, and get the answers that I don't think a lot of people have gotten from them yet. So very excited for what's coming up next. Also, we want to uh, big thanks to everyone who's uh, checked out the Roger Stone interview. Um, it's it's been met with with amazing, amazing viewership. Thank you very much for that. Uh, thank you to our new subscribers that have joined us on this journey. Uh, again, a big thank you to Mr. Roger Stone for, for taking time out on on January 6th itself um, to come on the show with us. So big shout out to Roger Stone and to everyone. He was in good spirits. Yeah, I think he thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, I know. I think so, too. And uh, like I said, it, it was clean. There was no controversy. It, it wasn't anything no. that anybody knew. If there was any controversy, it'll probably be at the end with his predictions. Um, but even that, I don't think was controversial. No, that was good. But yeah. overall, we kept it pretty, you know, steady and kill. And uh, yeah, we we I think we got a really good, we, we got a good side of. We Roger got a couple Stone. stories out of him that he's never that he's never really said before, so that was good too. Well, we got that as well. And but like I said, I think we got a side, and I think we showed people a side of Roger Stone that they haven't seen before. And I think Absolutely. that's the key here, right? You you know, you look at Roger Stone and other podcasts and what have you, it, it's very all the same, political, you know, controversially political and what have you, that, that, that riles people up. And I get that. That's what pays the bills for him. You know, uh, we could say some shocking shit here too, but I don't think I'm ready to get canceled by anyone. But um, yeah, I know. Big shout out to that. On that note, I am Bobby Sampson, and I'm joined with the man, Mr. Chance Michaels. And the words of the great ACDC, those that like, subscribe, download, share the podcast, we salute you. We do salute you. And in the words of Ed Whalen, in the meantime and in between time, that's it for Samp and Chance. Everybody, we will be back at you in the next day here with something really, really special. Have a great evening, and we'll talk to you soon.